Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Minister the word. Hallelujah. Come on, church, give God some praise. Hallelujah. It's been a little while, amen. It's nice to be out of this thing just for occasion. I, I found myself murmuring and complaining when I walked in about this, and pa- Pastor Art kind of popped his collar like I wear it for eight hours every day. I had to shut up, amen. <laughs> so I'm just grateful to, to, to be here and be amongst everyone. And uh, how y'all doing? Come on now. Doing good. Boy, I missed y'all. I really have missed y'all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let me just get a couple of things out of the way first. First of all, let me just give honor to God, who is the author and finisher of my faith. Uh, Without God, I'm nothing but just dry bones. Amen. Just dead man walking. And so with Christ, I'm a new creation. How many know that we are a new creation in Christ? Amen. Amen. And not only that, I want to give honor to my spiritual father and spiritual mother. I know she's running around here somewhere. Pastor Art and Pastor Maria. Can we just give God some praise for them? Amen. I, uh, I, you know, this has been an interesting time for me. As as many of you uh, may know, I in February uh, I basically went well way before that. In February, uh, I stepped out, and God is working through me to start a work. Um, it, right now, this is just the the preparation period for that. Of course, COVID shifted a lot of that. Amen. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I've had nothing but support. And you know, I was just thinking when I was. Uh, when I was kind of preparing for this sermon, and I just, I really feel led of the Lord in just thinking about this, because sometimes when you don't see folks, and you know, there wasn't like a big send-off for me, like, hey, come on down, you're going to such and such. It didn't work like that, amen. Um, but these are just, I just want to celebrate my spiritual parents, Pastor Art and Maria. They have been nothing but supportive of me during this time, and my family, amen, checking in with us, always making sure we're okay. Um, and so we are, we love them. Um, and as much as we love y'all, um, if you don't see me here, I'm not backslidden, amen. I promise, I'm yet holding on to Jesus, amen. You know, sometimes when folks don't, you ever notice, like, when folks think you backslid, they start whispering to you, like, how you doing, brother? Like, <laughs> like man, I ain't backslid, you know? But I'm just kidding. But seriously, though, all jokes aside, uh, I just give, you know, I'm just so thankful to have some spiritual parents that, that can cover you when you're here and when you're not. And so um, pray for us as we are are trying to do our best to be obedient unto God. Amen. And so with that, I just want to give honor to my wife who is at home with my kids. I, I, I laugh and joke all the time. I, you know, my three-year-old, I say all the time, she's a shepherd for the devil now. Boy, she didn't changed. She didn't changed. Seems like overnight it was, it was daddy. You know, now, you know, now she's doing this thing where she gets out of bed like early in the morning at 530. Yeah, she gets up at 530, and she just stands there, and I'll look up, and, I, and I'll hear something. She doesn't knock at the door. She's just standing there, and I'll look up, and she's just looking at me with her hair over her face. I'm like, you look something out of a horror movie. What's going on here? Effie didn't wait. Y'all, can y'all pray for Effie? Can we? In tongues? <laughs> Amen. No, I'm just kidding. That's my baby. And then Nori, the, the baby girl, she, 
you know, she's like the little angel. That's probably the one that's really going to tear up, you know. Uh, but them girls, you know, those I call them Carter girls when they're up in trouble. Carter girls, you know, but they are they are the light of my life, amen. And I, I love them dearly, and I prayed for them, so I got them, amen. And so uh, my wife has been talking about a third one, and I said, the devil is a liar. <laughs> no, whatever God wants, God will get, amen. And so uh, don't y'all be secretly praying for baby number three. I'm I'm about, I'm gonna be 45 this year. I mean, it's already hard enough for me to to ride my bike up the street. So, <laughs> don't be praying for no babies. Amen. But uh, I'm grateful for my family and all of you. I've I've truly missed everybody, and just seeing your face has done my uh, my my heart some good. Um, I, I want to kind of take a turn because, um, as m- many of you know, uh, th- this has been a difficult and really challenging year for all of us. Amen. Uh, you know, obviously you can look to how COVID has affected things and kind of uh, restricted some of our comings and goings. But in the midst of COVID, there's also been some things that have been happening in our society. Uh, I think all of us can agree. Amen. And uh, I want to touch on some of that tonight. Um, most of you here know me, maybe one or two of you do not. Um, so I feel like I'm at home really talking to family. And so I'm going to talk to y'all tonight like we really family. Amen. Um, and it, how many know it's good to tell the truth to one another in love? Amen. Um, and so, Pastor Arch, you were on to something when you when you were talking about check ourselves, because that's kind of a part of my message. Amen. So I know it must be the right thing that I was supposed to preach tonight. Amen. Um, and so with that, I'm going to get started. I'm not going to waste y'all's time. Uh, the scripture that we are going to be focused on uh, is Matthew 5, verse 10. It's real short today, y'all. It's Matthew 5, verse 10. When you get there, just say amen. That's Matthew 5, verse 10. God is good, isn't he, church? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's Matthew 5, verse 10. And it reads as such, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs, somebody say theirs, is the kingdom of heaven. That's it. Church, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We bless your name right now. We ask that you would take a hold of this place from the door to the front to the back, Lord. We ask that, that your residence, that your, that your awesome power just permeate in this place right now. We thank you in advance for the lives that are going to be touched, for the people that are going to be healed, set free, and delivered. God, deal with us as only you can, Lord. And Lord, we thank you We bless your name. We ask that everyone be at attention, Lord, that they would receive. We come against every attack, every distraction. We paralyze the hands of the enemy right now that would try to come in and try to be just a a wedge in here right now. We ask that you would just, just begin to just move on the people's hearts. Let them not harden. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Give God some praise. All right, church. All right, family. I got a message for you tonight. Amen. It's time for all of us, say us, to check our righteousness. Amen. What do we got to do? We got to check what? Our righteousness. Come on, church. You know, uh, I come before you today delivering uh, what I believe to be God's sacred word. Um, And never has this statement, amen, uh, been so surreal until now. Uh, This is supposed to be the year of our Lord 2020. And though I believe we all had some form of hope or wonder or idea 
of what this decade would bring, uh, what we couldn't have known or fathom was the chaos that would be before us, amen? Uh, and here we are seven months into what we are now calling the new normal. Uh, more than a half of year into strange and uh, peculiar times. Uh, when our society was shifted drastically uh, due to COVID-19, uh, there seemed to be this message of long-suffering, peace, and compassion in the beginning, of intense focus on family and to our neighbors, amen? All of the best things that we could possibly hope for and should be thinking about. But then all of, the, all of a sudden, the world darkened again. Uh, a police officer kneeled on the neck of a black man in Minneapolis, and the world changed forever. And now all of a sudden, amen, the outcry is great in the land once again. Uh, it seems to be that uh, people are now going crazy uh, for a host of reasons, amen. Uh, unrest is everywhere now. Uh, and quite frankly, I am concerned. Not afraid, but concerned. I'm not walking in a spirit of fear, amen. I'm looking more concerned than ever. And I want you to be concerned with me. Not afraid, get that. Not afraid, but concerned, amen. Uh, like so many, I was outraged to watch a public lynching of a black man. But what I wouldn't have imagined or couldn't have imagined was the outpouring of chaos and trouble that would follow, amen. Uh, I couldn't have fathomed to understand the belief system and the thoughts of so many people who claim to love God. Uh, and like all of us this evening, uh, I am a child like you of the living God myself. Uh, I am a husband and a father. I'm an educator, and I'm a son of this ministry right here. Amen. Uh, but at the same time, I am different than some of you. I am black, uh, believe it or not. Uh, I am a descendant of slaves. Uh, my lineage, my bloodline belongs uh, to the Indian tribes that once roamed freely on the very land that we call home right now. And I know that I'm in Christ, I'm a, uh, I'm a new creation, but I'm talking about the physical, the natural right now. Uh, the American experience for me at times has occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally been, well, different. It's been a little different for me. And let me explain what I'm talking about. If you are offended by me saying this, good. I want you to be offended because offense is appropriate right now, amen? Because I believe, get this, we are in a season where people are beginning to draw a line in the sand on what they believe and who they support. Is anybody with me this, this evening? <clears throat> and make no mistake, church, uh, your beliefs may cost you something uh, because our truth, somebody say our truth, can affect our money, our freedom, amen? And it can even cost us our life. That's already been proven in the last couple of months. And I get this. The text says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. To be honest, can we just stay in there for a second? I'm struggling with the word righteousness in this season because most people believe that their logic or their truth is righteous. And that's far from being true. I'm going to call it out tonight. The term righteousness, get this, it means the quality or state of being morally correct and justifiable. But I have a question for all of us this evening. How do we know if we are morally correct or justifiable? Huh? 
How do we really know that? Other than us and what the Bible says about you, who determines our righteousness? How are we validated in our own morality? Our friends, our family, our social media likes? In my estimation and in my opinion, our society, I want you to get this, has had a lengthy history of creating righteousness at the expense of the persecuted in our society. Uh, and truth be told, church, so many people have been destroyed because of this. I want to ask you something. How many came through the bowels of slave ships to a land where so-called God-fearing righteous slave owners were waiting to greet them with whips or chains in one hand and a Bible in the other? That happened. That's history. How many Japanese Americans were locked away in internment camps during World War II by those who claimed to love Jesus? How many Facebook friends have you unfriended in this season because of their stance on the lynching of George Floyd? Because I didn't have some folks that go here that's within the fellowship that didn't cut me off for my beliefs. Our righteousness is but a filthy rag in the sight of God, church. And Jesus knew this all too well. He knew this because he experienced it. He was a living vessel because of this. Here was Jesus, a brown-skinned man, right? He healed folks. He did it on the Sabbath. He ate with crooked tax collectors and prostitutes. He sat with the persecuted. Now, if you know your Bible, you know this. And he promoted equity and inclusion. But in the end, he, like George Floyd, was lynched. His natural life was cut short by Roman authority. But what they didn't know is that their justification to create law and order in their society resulted in the death of the most important being in human history. Come on, his name is Jesus. Now, I want to be clear. George Floyd is not Jesus. He could never be Jesus, amen? No way, no how. But get this, I believe that Jesus was in the midst of his prolonged eight minute and 46 second death when he was, when he was asphyxiated. I want you to listen, I've spoken with some folks in the last month or so uh, that have different beliefs or no beliefs about what we believe uh, than, than our own here. And they all ask me the same question, where God is in the midst of so much trauma right now. And what I tell them is what I'm about to tell you right now. It's not my place to determine that, y'all. Because guess what? God is God all by himself. That's right. He's God. He's sovereign. I don't get to determine where God is and what he's doing. Right? He'll, he'll, he'll simply ask me, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? But I'll tell you where he's not, and I'm confident where God is not. He is not with corrupt police that protect racists and murderers. God is not with branches of government that rest in the shadows, amen, that profit off the brutality of black and brown bodies. God is not with spiritual leaders that say, let us pray in one breath, but say nothing about the injustice of a people in the other. God is not with Christians that claim to love Jesus, but hate their brother and sister based on the color of their skin. Huh? God is not with vigilantes that gun down innocent joggers, people that are running, and then have the audacity to film it. 
God is not with looters and thieves, them two that destroy businesses of people who are just trying to make it all in the name of protesting. God ain't with them neither. I'm here to tell all of us something today, and I want to be clear. All of us are going to be held accountable in how we treat God's children. God is tired of the foolishness. If you are racist against blacks, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you are racist against Latinos and Hispanics, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you are prejudiced against whites, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you are justifying your racism, amen, through politics, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you are creating racial division on social media, you ain't inheriting the kingdom of God. <laughs> oh, well. Thank you. Church, God is looking for somebody that will love their neighbor even when there are differences between us and them. It's a simple principle that we can't seem to get in our society right now. Now get this, when Jesus spoke about the persecuted one, he said, blessed are they. Somebody say they. You know, blessed means more than just happiness, than about you, right? It ain't all about us. It implies the fortunate or inviolable state of those who are in God's kingdom. The people that are persecuted belong to God. They are his blessed creation. And yet, get this, the very thing that God created is being cast down by the people that God created. Ain't that something? Whew. You know, when I, was, uh, when I was 13, I was on a football team uh, in, in Ohio. Uh, I was in seventh grade. And uh, I was on a football team of mostly uh, white kids. And I didn't grow up in a, in a white neighborhood. It was mostly a segregated neighborhood that I grew up in. Now, this was in the 80s and 90s. It wasn't in the 60s. I'm not that old, right? Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> but, you know, I was on this football team, and, and I'll never forget it. Um, I got into kind of a little scuffle well, with another one of my teammates. I blocked him a little too hard, and he fell on the ground, and we pushed each other. And it was just typical, you know, competitive banter. Well, I thought it was fine. Then the next day, as I'm leaving practice, there was a, a short white man that, that, that approached me, and he pulled out his badge. And I said, I'm 13. I'm like, man, I, I know I didn't clean my room, but what's going on, right? <laughs> he pulled out a badge and he says, uh, are, you, are you Derek? And I said, yes, yes, sir. And he said, I want to talk to you. And I said, okay. I'm thinking like, man, what did one of my brothers do? That's immediately what I thought. I thought they had done something and they wanted to talk to me. And so he says, you, are, you were the one to hit my son out on the field. And he began to call me racist slurs. Now, there wasn't nobody around. My mother wasn't there to defend me, my brothers, uh, no coaches. He, I was by myself with this older man who was a cop. He was calling me racist slurs, like horrible things. And he said, if you touch my son again, I'm going to have you arrested. I'm 13, 13 years old. Imagine how scared I was in that moment. 13 years old. I was young, black, and vulnerable persecuted before I even knew what that meant. But could it be that this cop, this parent of a teammate of mine, uh, didn't see the God in me? Maybe he didn't see me as human. This is the example of what I'm talking about when, we, when we're talking about persecuted. Now, this may seem silly, but I want to challenge us tonight. I want you to picture just for a moment. 
I want you to just dial into me for a moment. What you believe an angel looks like. Just an angel, right? Uh, think about what your image of an angel is and imagine being visited by one. Now, I might, some of y'all might freak out and run up out of here. Amen. But just imagine just for a moment, just go with it. What you think an angel looks like. Do you see wings? Uh, do you picture clouds and rosy cheeks? Uh, do you picture Denzel Washington or even John Travolta? You know, they played in movies. How many of y'all seen, did y'all see? Okay, with Denzel Washington. What's the one called with him and Whitney Houston? Yeah, what is it? The preacher's wife? Wasn't he an angel in that one? Oh, okay, yeah, right? They played angels in movies. But by now, you should have an image in your head of what an angel looks like. Now get this. Now you have this image right in your head, right? Now what would you do if you found out that your guardian angel was black and had dreadlocks and wore Air Jordans? Seems silly, right? Would you be totally sh shocked if your angel was of dark skin, had a sombrero on, had lips like mine, and kinky hair? You know, the text says, the Bible says that the persecuted have a place in the kingdom of heaven. That means it ain't just going to be one race there. Huh? Well, I gave you two. Amen. <laughs> There'll be no separate water fountains. There ain't going to be no gentrified housing, right? Huh? <laughs> ain't going to be no walls that Mexico was supposed to pay for. Amen. I'm confident that the kingdom of heaven is inclusive. Where no sorrow lives. No more black and brown mothers standing over the bodies of other dead kids at the hands of law enforcement. No jurisdiction by the way of race. No more angry mobs looting and throwing rocks through business windows and calling it protesting. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Just God's people of all races resting in his glory. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> Listen. If I can leave you with this one thing, it's this. We who call ourselves believers, I'm talking about us right now. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about us. We who call ourselves believers have a great work ahead of us. Jesus' ministry was simple. It was to teach, to preach, and to heal. Now, that's Bible. He did those three things all throughout the text. Now, it seems simple, right? But for so many, their righteousness is what drives their faith. Not those three things. We got to check our righteousness today, church. I think we as a society have lost sight of who Christ is. We've let the world dictate to us what Jesus really is. And that's a real shame. It used to be that people came to us for healing. You know, I'm going to tell you all something. I'm going to take a break from this. Uh, I'm not on social media right now. I'm not on Facebook, in part mostly because... I recognize, and I, t I said this to Pastor Art the other day on the phone when we were talking about it. Uh, when all of this stuff started happening and folks was protesting and, and we were talking about uh, George Floyd and all of those things, I realized that it, you know, people are emotional when they're talking about these things, but when the emotion settles, what's really getting done? <laughs> not, not much. <laughs> not much. How much policy is being changed you know, is through, through emotion? When, when people are emotional, it's, just, uh, it's people just running around like this. That's really what it is. It's hard. It's really hard to, to not be emotional because it, it is an emotionally charged issue in our society. You know, you know, it, it, it's, it's easy for me to look back as a 13 year old boy and apply it to what I see. Amen. 
it's very easy for me to do that. But not much is being done because folks are so emotional about this issue. But you know what it also tells me? Folks ain't really praying like they really supposed to be. We've allowed the spirit of racial division to manifest itself and drive a wedge in our society. That is a fact. We've allowed this to happen. And we are partially to blame, church. I'm not saying necessarily us here in Praise Chapel. I'm talking about the saints in the world that are in the earth. We've allowed some of this to happen. And I'm not just talking about, it's, it's not necessarily what you say publicly. And I said this to Pastor Maria a month ago. It's what you do privately. Don't you understand that? It's what you do privately. Because that's what God is really looking at. You can, you can say you love everybody and then, and then get on your job and say something negative about somebody. You may have a relative that doesn't treat your relative right or something, and they may be of a different race, and you say, well, that's how they act. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, it's not necessarily what happens publicly. See, these fools that say things publicly, some of them are dealing with mental illness. Some of them are dealing with spirits. Some of them are just plain, just ignorant. I'm dealing with us right now. What's our excuse? We say, we say that we have the spirit of the living God in us. But we've allowed the spirit of division and racial division to come into our society. And in many cases, our churches. When that was never what we were designed for. You know, one of the things that I learned about my time when I, during my time here, uh, and particularly at uh, when I when I went over into California and was doing my my studies, is that it, it there were there were two white people that came from Oklahoma, or Nebraska, Oklahoma, and they ministered to people that didn't look like them. You don't think that they didn't deal with no prejudice? Not everybody was probably glad to see two white folks sitting up in in East LA, right? So, I just want to ask for a question. Just ask y'all a question for a moment. Where are we as a society? Where are we really? You know, I, I, have, uh, I, I have learned a lot about people. This has been a real season of just of revelation for me about people in the last month and a half to two months. And I'm not just necessarily talking about what happened with George Floyd and, and Breonna Taylor and all that. I'm talking about how people think about just people. And that's what really grieves me the most. So if I'm grieved, I'm pretty sure the Holy Ghost is grieved. <sighs> Listen, y'all, God is not asking for you to be perfect because you cannot be perfect. He didn't put you here to be perfect. He asked us to do his will so that his will can be perfected in us. And I just, I have to wonder in this moment, all that's going on, do we really have the spirit of love like we say we do? I believe we've lost sight of some things. And truth is, uh, church, we all have lost sight of some things at one time or the other. Uh, but it's time for us to awaken from our slumber. We need to open our mouths, church. And speak truth to power. Now, what do I mean by that? I've said that a few times that I've preached. Uh, speaking truth to power is speaking uh, God's truth through his word. Amen. And God is asking for us to hold fast uh, to our values in Christ Jesus. 
not our righteousness, but his righteousness, uh, to rest in our kingdom values, his kingdom values, instead of our earthly ones, because we get in trouble when we rest in our earthly ones, uh, to lean into our faith, church, in a Jesus that loves us all, even when the world hates us because of who we are. But it starts with us. We need an assignment, church. We need an assignment. Somebody say, we need an assignment. We need a real assignment. You know, I had a professor uh, once tell me, uh, the late, great Dr. Katie Cannon, she used to say, it's, it's okay to be angry, but what are you going to do with that anger? I'm, you know, I, I'm a little concerned. I, I'm, I'm a little angry, uh, but I'm not sinning, amen. I'm angry, uh, but I'm mostly angry because of this, because Satan has ripped us off and gave us a false image uh, that has become a reality for so many. And maybe you're angry too, but we all belong to God, angry and all, amen. Let's do this, church. Let's put our faith into action and remember above all else that God is watching. He's watching. I don't know how much he has to do to get our attention in this season right now. But I'll say this, church, and I'm going to make it personal. From one black man to all of you, I love you in spite of what's been done and what's happening. I don't hold anyone here captive for what's happened in the past and to my ancestors, because I am, a, I am in Christ. I am a new creation. Amen. But let us be judged by our works in the present, what we do now. What we do right now, let us be judged by that. Do you love him, church? <laughs> I know it's a heavy message. Do you love him like you say you do? Then do me a favor. Put down your righteousness and seek his. Can you do that? Come on, give God some praise. I'm done. I, uh, I, I really wanted to give you my heart. I, you know, the, the first 48 hours after you started seeing police stations being burned down and all that stuff, you know, it's easy to get swept up and, and, and to justify things based on your anger. And that's why I talked a little bit about emotion. What I think what's really going to kill a lot of the racial divisions and issues that we see in, this, in our society is by people being able to have rational conversation. That is really hard for people right now. Um, we are an offended generation even before we often speak. Um, and I've, I've, I, I lost sight of that for a while. Um, and that's really why I got off of social media, uh, mostly because, you know, I know that God has gifted me with the spirit of, or with the gift of intelligence <laughs> as he's done for you. But how many know that sometimes when we get emotional and things begin to happen, we're in trouble? You understand? I was talking to, uh, to, to Fino and Veronica. They were, they were at the house not so long ago, and we were talking about some of these things. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing that I'm struck in, and, I, and I'm not trying to, to, to pick on Fino, but, you know, as much as Fino has been through in his life, you know, it would be very easy for him to say, to never have anything positive to say about law enforcement. But here's somebody that's been through all he's been through, whether it was self-inflicted or not, but still giving grace. Now, if he can do it, I know I can do it. Amen. As a black man that's been through what I've been through, it is not, it is not becoming of me to hate white people because of my past. Just like it is not becoming of any of you to hate someone based on, on things that have happened in your past. 
We have to find a way to love on one another. And that's difficult right now in this season because people are angry, they're frustrated, they're tired. Some people are violent. It's time for us to take back what is ours, church. We can't let the enemy rip us off anymore. I love y'all. Listen, I love y'all. Um, I, I really wanted to come in love. If I would have probably preached this right after everything happened, it wouldn't have been in love. Amen. You probably had to sit me down like, brother, come come back later. <laughs> Let me hug you, brother. <laughs> like, boy, you need to <laughs> get on the altar. But <laughs> but we all right. Amen. And so we just want to we want to just continue to 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 love on people. And, uh, you know, one of the you know, I said we needed an assignment. How many of y'all have just spoke to somebody that you didn't know in the last year or just blessed somebody? Amen. You know, how many of you have just seen somebody that you knew that you thought might be struggling and you just put something in their hand and you didn't know them? Hmm? It's important in this season, church, because people are losing a lot. Their monetary things based on what we're going through. Uh, and and lo and trust and believe it's going to continue for a while. Uh, but it's important that we remember this, that we are supposed to be children of light. We are supposed to be children of light. If we are children of light, uh, then we cannot walk in darkness when nobody is watching. I'm dealing with that tonight because I know that's really what people are dealing with. It's not, it's not what you do publicly, it's what you do privately. See, all the stuff you see people getting exposed on social media, yeah, that, that's, that's been public. I'm talking about when nobody is watching. Me too. <laughs> I've had some things I've had to work through. For a long time, I'm going to confess it. I'm going to self-confess it. And I've, I confessed it to Pastor. I struggled with white men for a long time because of what happened to me when I was a child. I, had, I, I did not trust. But can I tell you something? If I, am, if I am in Christ and I am a new creation, if I am what I say I am, then I cannot hold the entire white race accountable for one man. Just like you cannot hold the entire black race accountable for what happened to you because somebody black said something or did something. Amen? Right? <laughs> yeah, something. I don't know what it is, right? Because the enemy is watching. I always say this. The enemy specializes in psychological warfare. He is, he is, he is resting on the psyche of the people. And he's doing it to the people of God. And, I, and, and just in disbelief, I'm in shock how people are falling for it. Boy, I'm, listen, I'm not trying to go on and on. But I have, like, literally folks, I have folks, at a, a, a guy from another, like, Attack me, wasn't even on my Facebook page, just came on like, brother, I don't agree. I'm like, brother, I don't even know you. Like, you didn't came on my page. I mean, literally didn't know the person, came on my page, had something to say, was calling themselves, rebuking me. I said, okay, brother, well, all right, God bless you, be encouraged. You know, that's not really what I wanted to say, amen. But that's, but that's what happened. And I said, you know what? I said, this is all, now this person's supposed to be saved. I said, you know what? This is what the enemy really wants. He wants us to be in a fence. So when we get around each other, folks can't get free. Don't you know atmospheres have been hindered because folks is walking around with unforgiveness in that atmosphere? Oh, ooh. Okay. I'm going to do an altar call. Amen. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to go sit to my seat. Amen. <laughs> Listen, y'all. I love y'all. You understand what I'm saying? I love y'all. There has never been a time 
and I'm just speaking from the heart, that I have never felt welcome in here. I always tell the funny story. When I first came to the church, uh, it was was a beautiful day. I'll never forget it. And it was packed. Uh, And I sat back in the back, and Pastor Maria was singing, but she was doing it in Spanish. And I said, oh, Lord, I ain't going to be able to understand nothing in here today. But I wasn't going to leave. Amen. I said, I'm not going to leave because I, because I wanted to be in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the space. And I got blessed. But I wasn't sure if I was going to come back just because I didn't know if I necessarily wanted to find a church home just yet. I didn't know if I was even staying in Nevada. And uh, Brother Fino came and ran out after me. And here I am, what, five, six years later? You understand what I'm saying? Because they, they saw me. We have to look beyond what we see here. You understand what I'm saying? And what we and what we and, and our, our uh the things that we deal with, we have to we have to go beyond that. I love you too, man. I love you too. This is my brother right here. And so we just have to you know, church, the the one thing that that I'm learning in in this season is how to love on people and and Pastor Art, you know, he he's he said this to me a long time. He said, "You you want to pastor a church?" He said, "You want to you want to to be over God's people, or not not over God's people, but you want to you want to minister to God's people. You got to do one thing above all else. You got to love people first. <laughs> That's it. He ain't never gave me no real deep advice like that. Just love people. Just love them. It's hard, but can I tell you something? It, sometimes that's difficult. It's difficult to love on people. It's difficult to love on people. Particularly like when you grew up a certain way and you've been you've been pumped with information about people based on what you your background and what your family is. You gotta work through all of that. You gotta break those curses. I think it can